2: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. No, I was going roll off. No, no, of no, 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 <laughs> If
1: the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. I am joined as always by the frizzy, Rohan Cadi, humidity taking a toll on my guy. In his words, not in my words. I think you look great, Rohan. How's
2: it going? Oh, thank you. Doing well outside of the humidity. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, just a rainy, gloomy day. Um, but yeah, the the buck season, as uh, we talked about last night, is over. It's over. Um, but I think it's a good time to not necessarily delve right back into offseason content. We covered a lot of that stuff last week. The good thing about off-season pods is it's going to be evergreen content, so you can go back and listen to that if you want to look at some free agency decisions, what's going to happen this summer. We took a prime, uh, like a preliminary look at that. But today, we're going to look back at the Bucks' regular season. And just, we're going to go through the highs, we're going to go through the lows. Uh, I gave Ty a homework assignment in that we both uh, had to pick three good moments, three bad moments from the Bucs' season, and we were going to talk about them on the pod. Uh, but first off, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening, whether that's your podcast platform of choice, whether it's your YouTube, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you leave a like or your five star rating wherever you can rate review comment, whatever you want to do, make sure you do that. Check out gspnstore.com. Um, and again, thank you. Just thank you to everyone who's been here along for the ride uh, throughout this buck season. It's going to continue to go through off season content with us as we prepare for the next buck season. Uh, yeah. Just uh, it's we, we appreciate all of you. Shout out to shout out to Dan, who uh, works with my sister. Shout out to you. You're good. Good fan.
1: Shout out to Dan. Dan is goaded. Um, yeah, we have almost a month until the draft. So we will do more draft content this year. Last year, there was just truly really no time because of the extra compressed offseason plus the bucks going a couple rounds deeper. So there's going to be plenty of time to cover the draft, free agency, all the offseason stuff. We may, the only news we'll probably get, substantial news, is player option stuff before then. And, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll get a TA bomb at some point. Um, I think the rest of the decisions are going to be pretty obvious for, uh, for Bucks players who do have those options. But, oh, and potentially a Chris Middleton extension, which obviously that would be a, a big, big old emergency pod with the whole crew if when that happens this offseason. But let's look back what we like i just mentioned and you mentioned as well. We have plenty of time to talk off season and we will. We're going to be deep in there. When we're not talking Brewers baseball on Cruisin for a Bruisin. Shout out Tyrone Taylor, nice little 3-run dinger last night. Um excited to uh to to tap more into that season as well. Go check out Cruisin for a Bruisin on your pod platform of choice if you have not already for Adam Andrew and us. I was on Cruisin for a Bruisin couple episodes ago rohan's I'm the debut only,
2: i'm the only one who hasn't done it yet
1: yeah your debut's coming at some point you're uh you're our top prospect you're down in triple a and we're uh we're manipulating your service time because you're you're the young one so that's why rohan so sorry but uh you know tight tight purse strings here at gspn and uh we need to make sure we get you an arbitration for as long as possible so sorry about that but you know that's the biz <laughs>
2: it is the biz indeed. Uh, let's get uh, let's get to these lists. We're gonna start with uh, are we gonna start with good? Yeah, we'll yeah. Yes. So this, good, these are our bad.
1: our highlights and lowlights of the twenty one twenty two Bucks regular season. So we're not doing playoffs. If people really like this, we could probably do a similar concept for playoffs. So let us know on Twitter, uh, in the Discord, wherever you you contact us. Um, people have a lot of ways. Eurosteppod at gmail.com, at podcast on Twitter, our Twitter accounts, whatever it may be. Um, but let us know if you really want highlights and lowlights of the 22 playoffs. We can do that. But this is regular season because we're going to be the change we want to see in the world. Everyone talks about, oh, no one cares about the regular season. It's such a shame the regular season is undervalued. Let's talk about it. Let's dive into the 82 games the Bucks played before this playoff run and not forget it because... It was quite a journey, Rohan.
2: It really was. Uh, Ty, I'm going to be gracious, give you first pick. And uh, I have a sneaky feeling I know what this is.
1: Yeah, I think let's get probably the most obvious one out of the way first. When DeMarcus boogie... No, um, Giannis passing Kareem. I think Giannis passing Kareem has to be number one on this list. Giannis becomes the Milwaukee Bucks all-time leader in points scored... Uh took him a little bit longer than it took Kareem, but still an impressive as hell accomplishment for Giannis, strengthening the case that I think we had made several months previous, that he is the greatest Buck in franchise history. Now, in addition to having as many rings as any other Bucks player in Milwaukee, one and at least, uh, he also has scored more than any other Bucks player. I think something that we always hoped would happen, but between Giannis just not developing to that level of player or leaving something that was never certain to happen. So really such a cool thing to see, and I'm glad at the time we really appreciated the magnitude of that. Live on playback, actually.
2: Yeah, it was live on playback, and just the manner in which it was done. A step back three to send the game to overtime? Are you kidding me? Against Kevin Durant and the Nets? My goodness! At the time, that was incredible. That was during that week where the previous game, Giannis had a game-winning block against Joel Embiid to seal that game. That was the that was the two-game like week stretch where it's like, oh my god, is Giannis going to win MVP this season? So, uh, spoiler: uh, he didn't end up winning. It, he but. didn't.
1: I'm going to break our format already. That week was also one of my. I know it's oh, the moments within okay. the week. But I do think that week, in addition to Giannis's MVP case, this is when I remember that week. I was like, oh, maybe he should win it after all. I mean, I think a lot of the season was kind of meh overall for the Bucs. But that week, I think both you go, Giannis could win MVP because he just went head-to-head and beat two of the other finalists. And, well, KD, I don't think, ended up finishing top five, but he's still Kevin Durant, right? Um, and it felt like, okay, the Bucs can certainly go win a championship as well, which I, we were never all the way out. But there were a lot of doubts. It was a long up and down season. So I, I guess you'll have to go with two of your good. Although I'm, I'm guessing at least one of those overlaps. We'll,
2: but, we'll see. We'll we'll go to a bad. First. Okay.
1: But, uh, but, but yeah, those just, are those are my two of my goods. Are that that week in general, that Sixers followed by that Nets win was epic. And then of course the cherry on top of that week was Giannis breaking the the Bucks scoring title. Record.
2: Yeah, we also we also got an all-time Kevin Harlan call, which is now a part of the win and in six intro. Shout out to Win and Six. Hell yeah. Uh make sure they just did a massive mailbag. Go listen to that. It's on yes. the uh, It's a classic, classic win and six. Um but just that that moment, just incredible. Like you said, that week, just absolutely incredible. Like we're doing this exercise to really value, put some value on the regular season, but that the regular season is where you get these moments, like just these, these stretches of time. I know you can get them in the playoffs, but it's a lot less common because guys are just going 150% there. It's all dragged out. It becomes just a slugfest as we're seeing in these NBA playoffs. You just get these stretches of absolute pure dominance. And when you have one of the greatest players of all time in Giannis Antetokounmpo, you get to witness these moments, these stretches of time where it's just like, What on earth are we watching? Are we actually like we are so lucky to be able to witness this in real time. We don't need to go back and say, like, oh, my goodness, this week where Hakeem Olajuwon was doing this, like, oh, go back, find the tape, check the tape. We're witnessing this in real time. We are witnesses of greatness in the moment. And I think that's something we need to appreciate.
1: Couldn't agree more. Um, it, it really is epic. And I think Giannis being a common denominator on a lot of our highlights would not, would not be a big surprise.
2: No. Uh, it's also something that we can shoehorn in here that is a little bit of news. Uh, Giannis, uh, first team, all NBA unanimous, only unanimous, uh, first team, all NBA this season, first player in NBA history to be unanimous first team, all NBA for four consecutive seasons. That's ridiculous. That's it ridiculous. Is. Four years in a row, every single voter 100 said 100 out of 100 said, yeah, this guy is one of the top two, like five players in the war, like in the league.
1: Yeah. One of the top two. Without forwards. a doubt. One yes. of the top two forwards in a league that features Kevin Durant, LeBron James, you know, now Tatum, Kawhi first team, Kawhi Leonard, although I don't know. I don't know how many of those teams he's been on because of the injuries, but at least a couple over four I mean, years. he just
2: missed this season.
1: Yeah, true. Uh, it always feels like longer because he missed mo- part of last playoffs too. But uh, yeah, I th- and Paul George, who's been, I think, either first or second team forward, like some elite talent. And we're not talking about those guys are clearly better or have had better seasons than Giannis. But the fact that none of – and we've seen some dumbass votes and ballots from these voters – the fact that four hundred out of four hundred times the last four years, everybody said, "Yeah, no, I mean those guys were great, but it's who's going to be next to Giannis as a forward, not not who's you know going to going to supplant him." And honestly, you can throw in Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, who I think were both eligible at forward as well. Even the voters who tried to squeeze them both on the first team, they they too were like, "Well, Giannis still has to be there." Like it's pretty incredible. And I'm surprised it's never happened. Certainly it should have with LeBron at some point. I mean, that's pretty silly that it never did. But I think it does speak to Giannis's dominance and consistency. I think his, his work on both ends of the floor, all of it. Like, he is the greatest, the best player in the league right now.
2: Yeah. And you said, uh, you mentioned, it's not like we're saying all of those players that we mentioned are better than Giannis. We're not saying that. We're saying that it's clear that Giannis has been better.
1: Yeah. Pretty apparent it's to the clear. voters. It's
2: un- undoubtedly better. They should switch the format, though. Sure, he's still unanimous. No, no I know.
1: It. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with that. But it's silly that Joel Embiid has been a second team in the last two years. I Joel think it's silly. Embiid
2: did not win MVP, didn't even win, get first team. But he was, 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 was he second
1: in MVP the last two years. Yeah. And has to be a second team All-NBA guy because of the – like the NBA positions are so murky – like you look at the guard forward switch, like Chris should have been all NBA and he's not because of the way they do positions. Like he Last had the season. votes. No, it was two years ago.
2: Well, yeah. Like not this past season. season Yeah. Before. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just uh, to make that clear. We're not saying Chris should have been
1: all NBA. this <laughs> No, 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 not this year. He was an all-star though. Uh, but yeah, it's Somehow. just, it's, it's just silly the way they do it. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, people have, uh, people feel strongly both ways for whatever reason. But the team doesn't have to play a game, and I actually think this is not as bad as a couple years ago, more than a couple now, I'm old, when, like, DeAndre Jordan is an all-NBA player because we need three centers. Like, at least now the league is better off on centers, so I don't think we'll have that happening anytime soon. But just the
2: third-team center? Was it Gobert?
1: uh, It was Gobert or Towns. I don't remember which.
2: Oh, I think it was Towns. It was Towns. I think
1: it was Towns, yeah. It's yep, just it's just silly to me that that players get bumped down or left off entirely because we need six forwards, six guards, and three centers. When you know some of the like the guys who are eligible at guard and forward, like those two positions are very murky now. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler has made it as a guard recent years. He plays power forward, but he handles the ball like that's guard stuff. I it's I don't I just don't know why.
2: I, I agree. Just, it's, do, it's just, just do tiers. It's basically tiers of best players in the league. That's how the league frames it. Yeah. So you might as well vote it like that. Yeah. Like no disrespect to Devin Booker, but come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It looks really bad now uh, considering like even the uh, – was it – is it him and Luca our first team and then Steph? Yeah, Luca's fine. Yeah, Luka's yeah. fine. But I think we're all feeling a little silly that Steph was not uh, viewed a little higher coming into the playoffs now.
2: I also think we're everyone's feeling a little silly that Giannis was an MVP.
1: Maybe. I don't know if people care about that.
2: I saw I saw a lot of the discourse. I mean, everyone was saying, like, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of the discourse was like, yeah, Giannis is that he's he's the he's the guy.
1: Yeah. And that'd be louder, I think, if they were they were still going, but Oh alas. well, that
2: was life. Yeah, me. yeah.
1: Okay. So it was was uh Giannis passing Kareem one of your highlights? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So Now, low light. So how about you go first? Because I already burned through two of mine.
2: Okay. I don't know if this is on your list or not, uh, but it is December 2nd, 2021. Um, It is the day that it was announced that Brooke Lopez had back surgery. It was
1: my number one. Yeah. Brooke being ruled out for a long, I just put out for a long time. I didn't pull up the, the date or the numbers, but man, that was a deflating feeling.
2: It was, it was just after only playing in game one against the Nets, and then listing him out with back soreness the rest of the way, just a random drop. Oh, yeah. By the way, he had back surgery and there's no timeline. There's no type of back surgery. This is what like I've had multiple meltdowns about this. This made me lose complete faith in the box organization in terms of transparency. It just it gave me no faith. In Don't forget Fox. the Shams report. Yeah. Yeah. The Shams were Brooke Lopez. Was on there. Yeah. He has a target. I feel great. Yeah, I feel great. I'm ready to play. I have a target date in mind. Nope. Baxter. Camera
1: cuts it, or internet cuts for a second. Like, no, Brooke, no.
2: It just, like, it it eroded away any trust I had in the Bucks' ability to actually give relevant and true information.
1: And looking back, I, I do think that they really did not know for a long time. But just say that. Like, just say, like, we're evaluating him. We hope to bring him back soon. Like we're not going to do surgery at this time early on instead of it just felt like unnecessary subterfuge. I don't know what exactly. they gained from doing it that way.
2: I don't know. Ty. I, a lot of people in my mentions telling me it's a competitive advantage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause teams are going to structure their whole year differently. It's, it's very silly.
2: I don't know. It's tied. It's you never know if the Bucks are listing their one of their best center available or as questionable he might play so we have to game plan so if he might play but the thing is if he's not the bucks are worse so we're actually prepared better i think
1: my brain just broke um That's i don't want to think i don't want to think about the subterfuge anymore but that was that was a brutal moment for sure
2: it was just we were wondering about this this team in terms of oh my god is brook going to be back is he ever going to actually regain his form Uh, spoiler alert uh, everyone knows this he did regain his form he was great it was awesome it was great to see brooke lopez back and contributing in a big way uh he made a full recovery he seemed like he was actually bouncier than he usually was uh than he was before uh it all worked out in the end but just that the agony of those months of being like okay what's actually going on with brooke lopez yeah he's been out with soreness which is day to day for months now and now he just had uh, ambiguous back surgery and has no timeline for returning. Yeah, I, uh, I was going to say. Reporting we had, uh, sorry, the only no, recording right. we had was uh, Zach Lowe saying that the Buck, there's quiet optimism within the Bucs organization that he'll return before the regular season. And this is in December. And we're just like, what? <laughs> what is happening here? I was going to say, I, not knowing
1: sucked, but I think hearing the news was worse because if they if he didn't get back which was certainly on the table at his age his size having a back surgery I you know everything is just so much worse right and we saw they they got a BACA for insurance didn't work out super well um so it, it was really a precarious moment of like oh is this season just kind of a waste now and some of the regular season did feel that way because of this I think but Thankfully, he was able to get back. And shout out to Brooke for the speedy recovery.
2: Yeah. Shout out to uh, Bobby Portis as well for filling in. Yeah. Basically the entire regular season.
1: Bobby Buckets, Bobby Champ. Uh, Should I do a low light now? Yes. I'm going to stick with the big guys. I'm going to go with, and we did an emergency pod for this one. DeMarcus Cousins getting waived. I joked about Boogie before. This is on my list. The good. It it belongs there because truly, you know, and there's still people now who will reply saying it wouldn't have mattered in the playoffs. Who cares? It would have mattered in the regular season. It would have made the Bucks better because clearly Boogie was a very helpful impact, especially with Brooke out. And they were really in the wilderness without him at center between waving him and then adding uh, Brooke. I mean, Greg Monroe had a couple games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, love Greg oh Monroe. God,
2: I forgot about that. <laughs> love
1: Greg Monroe. Um, but Boogie, I think, added more on, on maybe on both ends, certainly offensively, where where Greg is just really lost his touch there when he started to focus on defense and, and cut some weight. But it was just such a frustrating move because there was no need. They end up opening roster spots later anyway. They would have been able to make whatever move. And Boogie was just good, and he was fun, and the Bucks needed that, and it was a huge lift having him on the team, and to, to get have him cut just really for quote unquote flexibility that is really just cost savings, uh, was very very frustrating, and I think, you know, it's good that they were able to later get Ray John Tucker on the roster or whatever else might have not happened had they had they kept Boogie, but at the same time, like there would have been ways to figure that out anyway. And it's a real bummer that he was not able to finish the season with the Bucks, after having just some truly awesome moments on the team. Like, it was so frustrating at the time, and still I think now. So even if – and I don't think he would have made a difference in the playoffs for Milwaukee either, but it would have been nice to have him for in the meantime. I don't get why people say that doesn't matter. Like, maybe you didn't watch those games. We did, and I would have rather seen Boogie in a lot of them than the guys we had to see play a ton of minutes.
2: We we did a playback during that game because he was waived a minute after, like the buzzer sounded on Bucks as they lost to the Raptors on January fifth, I believe it was, and it was just like you said. We did an emergency pod on it because it was just such a wild thing. It was the it was a Wednesday. The guarantee date was that Friday, the seventh, and just, we immediately were just like, this is this is trash. This is not a good move. And just think about it. Look at what Boogie ended up doing in Denver. He was good. He was good in Denver for his role. He even had some shine in the playoffs tie. Like, come on. What are we doing here? Like, I get, I get the Serge Ibaka trade did not work. In the, from a player perspective, I get. I know they got picks. I know they got picks. Before you yell at me, they did get second round picks. Serge Ibaka, that trade did not work at all.
1: I'm not. Yeah, I, don't, I think it was a bad trade. It didn't make any of my lists. It didn't work out. I just don't think it was a disaster. I don't think it mattered that much. But no, it was not a good trade.
2: No. Like, if you just keep Boogie and then maybe go and get someone else for Dante, because I feel like they went and got Surge because they were unsure about Brooke Lopez. So just keep DeMarcus, who was good for you. Like, you have to pay Serge Ibaka anyway. Like, you, that money is still coming out of your payroll. Like, I just, it it, it baffles me.
1: Yeah, it, it was eminently frustrating. His production in the regular season was basically the same with the Nuggets and Bucks. Just a, a useful player to have around. And I think I'm pulling it up now, but if I remember right, he had a pretty big impact on the Bucks' um, net rating when he was on the court. I don't, NBA stats is taking a little while. The Bucks were plus 7.7 with Boogie on this regular season to. Put it in context, the only three guys who actually played a lot who had a bigger impact were Giannis, Drew, and George Hill. Javin Delorier, plus 57 net rating. Maybe find a spot for him next year. His three minutes were really dominant. Um, But Boogie was just really good and and helpful, and I think you know it, it was very frustrating.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
2: Yeah, it just and like when your general manager has put out a statement as soon as they make the as yeah. soon as they make the move, you know it's bad. Yeah, you know it's bad. And what did he say? Like this is hopefully this doesn't prevent us from uh, yeah like down the road. Back Demarcus, down. and yeah. pull it up. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to get through this difficult stretch of the season as successfully as we did without Demarcus. At the end of the day, we made a strategic decision to have an open roster spot, but there's nothing that would prevent us from partnering with Demarcus again down the road. He was so good for us, and hopefully, we helped him too.
1: They did help wow. him. I will give him that. Uh, I don't know if he gets that Nuggets spot because nobody was calling him before his time with the Bucks, and clearly, he was quite good. I mean, on he the did Bucks. he
2: did work out with the Nuggets before he worked out with the Bucks.
1: Fair, fair point. But I think it, it it's fair to think that his run with the Bucks maybe pushed Denver over the edge because they didn't have a roster spot when they first worked him out. I, honestly, I would. I don't think you mentioned this on one of our other pods would be a great backup center option, especially if they don't draft a center, which I would like them to draft a center. Um, but if there's someone better at the wings or a guard who's there at that pick, or let's be serious, if they trade that pick, um, Boogie would be a nice backup center option. He's production, and there's there's value in that off the bench, even if you recognize he's not going to be logging 30 minutes in the playoffs or whatever.
2: Exactly. Like, there's value in just being able to get through the regular season. Also, and, uh, if yeah. Philly ever does not dodge
1: the Bucks, Boogie was pretty good against Embiid when he if was a If Philly Buc ever season.
2: figures out what they're doing as an organization, never they never will. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. We each have one. No, I have two goods remaining. You yeah,
1: so one. you you should share a good. I have one good and one bad okay. remaining.
2: Okay, mine is March second, twenty twenty two. Drew Holiday hits a game winner against the Miami Heat. Oh, nice. We did a pod after that one as well. <laughs> uh, it was as I was going through this, I honestly I didn't remember this moment off the top of my head when I was trying to formulate this list, but it had very similar parallels to Game Five against Boston. Ty, do you know how much they were down in the fourth quarter of that game?
1: I remember it was an insane comeback. That's why we it did the emergency It was fourteen. Pod. It was the exact 14. same oh, wow.
2: number as they were in Game Five against the against the Celtics. And while Drew Holiday does it on the offensive end this time. He did it on the defensive end in the playoffs in terms of sealing the game. But this was the moment where it was a jump ball. The The, the heat really choked that game away. They really did. Uh, there was a jump ball because Giannis tied up Jimmy uh, off an in inbounds. Giannis wins the jump ball with like eight seconds left or something. Uh, Drew Holiday just takes it down the court, weight rooms Gabe Vincent, and just lays it in right over Bam. And it was just such a great moment. Even before Tyler Hero was able to chuck up a half-court shot, you could hear Marcus Johnson saying snatching victory from the jaws of defeat because he was like, Oh my God, they actually did it. They actually won this game. It was a moment where it felt like the big three showcased themselves at their finest. Drew had 25 points in that game. Chris had 26. Giannis had 28. All three of them were scoring above 25 points in that game. And it was a, during a stretch where it's like, Oh my God, are the bucks? Okay. Are they okay? <laughs> You're like what exactly are we doing? Because, I mean, they had, they had beat the Charlotte they had It was the second game after the All-Star break. And uh, the two games before the All-Star break, they choked the lead against Philly. They choked the lead against Brooklyn. And then, sure, they beat the Hornets by 24, but who cares. Uh, and right. then it's facing a Miami team where you're down big in the fourth quarter. But they showed their championship medal off in that game and were able to pull it out. And it was just a game where you felt like, oh, my God, this team is ready.
1: That's a great one. And, and I love, too, this is necessary to think about right now, especially because we haven't seen it in a while. A game, as you mentioned, where the Bucks' big three all felt like true stars. They all got to the line at least six times. Drew and Chris were perfect. The honest thing was eight for 11. They were all scoring. Drew had a double-double with like 11 assists, too. It's just an awesome performance from all three of those guys. And, you know, the that trio that just led the Bucs to a title. And you know what I realized the other day? The, I think it's the KG Pierce Celtics always talk about they never lost a series when they were healthy. Bucks haven't lost a series when Chris Giannis and Drew are all healthy. So that's the Bucks now have their own version of that annoying
2: thing. Oh, God. I don't want the Bucks to be the 08 Celtics, though.
1: No, they, they won't. No one would talk about the Bucks title ever again if they didn't have to uh, outside of us. So I, I don't think, including the guys on the team, I, I don't think Giannis will ever be – as sad as as Paul Pierce is. I don't think that's possible. Old slurms Paul Pierce McKenzie. But, um, yeah, I, I like that one. That's a fun one.
2: I mean, it's just like it's a moment. Well, obviously, game winners are, you know, just hype all around. But it's just felt like a coming together moment where it's like this team can go win the title again. They didn't. Spoiler no, alert. No. But, again, things happen. Still haven't lost a
1: series when all three are healthy. Okay, so I have one one highlight, one low light. You have the same? Yes. How should we do this? Should we switch it up and get the low lights out of the way to finish on highlights or should we keep it the same?
2: Let's let's go to yeah, let's uh let's go to low lights and get those out of the way. Okay. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Uh I'll go. I sort of cheated on this one. It's not a moment at all. Oh,
1: okay. Mine uh, is so we don't have okay. the same for this one.
2: Cool. Mine's Jordan Ware's season.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't really thought of that, but that, that
2: fits. I was so high on him coming into the regular season, like after last off season, especially after his time with the Olympic team in Nigeria, I was just like, man, there's there's a promise of another shot creator on this team. And he had his chances during the first half of the regular season, guys were in and out of the lineup. He was getting consistent playing time. He was able to make an impact. He just couldn't, he didn't, he, whatever offensive uh, juice was there was sort of come and go. Defense wasn't there. Mindfulness wasn't there. He was making stupid mistakes. And it was just like, man, I thought the bucks actually had a chance at a decent prospect here. And now it's all turning to garbage again. And he's not going to be on the team next year.
1: No. And he, if you think back and I know we're, we're focusing regular season, but The idealized version of Wara is exactly what the Bucs needed against Boston. And, you know, it's the same. It's not just on him, obviously. Like, they also needed Grayson and Bobby to play to their offensive standards, which they didn't. But if you do have another option, a guy with a a quicker trigger and I think even more proclivity to get hot via shot making than either of those guys, at least at times, we saw that from Jordan Wara. That would have been hugely helpful. But as you say, despite having a ton of – this was the – Perfect season for a role player to break into the Bucs. I mean, there were so many chances for guys. A young, unproven player. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out for Javon Carter. We'll see how next year goes, uh, at least playoffs-wise. I mean, I think regular season-wise, he looked great. But, yeah, that that was certainly a disappointment. Um, and, yeah, it probably will mark the end of Jordan Juarez Bucks tenure.
2: Where do you think he goes next year? My money's on Houston.
1: I actually wonder if it'll be OKC. I know they have too many guys and picks already. I assume there's gonna be some moves happening. But they need guys who score. I feel like so many of their prospects are just not big time scorers. We'll see who they draft. But like these guys like Baisley and even Paku, Josh Giddy, like I just feel like they have they they need more points around Shea. And I think he could actually be a pretty fun Lou Dort kind of scores, but certainly more of a defensive minded player. I think he'd be actually pretty fun out there.
2: He would be. That's a good shout. Yeah, I think you'd be fun there. Uh, I just say Houston because that's where Bucks go to die. Yeah, uh, Detroit?
1: It's, no, it's not Detroit anymore. Well, that's why it shifts. So maybe this time it'll be OKC. Okay I mean, we saw DJ think, Wilson go
2: out there. Yeah, I think. See, the thing is, Detroit actually wants to win. I think they have a solid chance to be frisky next year. Yeah. So maybe not sure. I,
1: I actually could see him like randomly winding up in portland or la and averaging 14 points a game part of the damian lillard trade sign and trade uh, question There we mark? go God. um i'm gonna move on now that you're doing this at least you didn't say a buyout this time so it, it could it could be worse my last low light february 10 2022 do you remember? I have I don't remember any dates, so I'm I'm hoping that you don't remember one too. So I don't feel like
2: February the... 10th. Is that
1: did Giannis get hurt or something? No. The Bucks lose 131, 107 to the Phoenix Suns and lose oh. Pat Connaughton to injury. And I think that was the loss felt terrible. Because this is again one of those games where you know, the Bucks were not having the greatest run. It's like, oh, they have a chance to really prove themselves. You know, they, they were losing to some bad teams, I think. And we were like, oh, they're just not trying. And, and we'll see them try against Phoenix. They're going to get up for this game. And they get absolutely smacked. Phoenix looks like the much better team. After a, a pretty competitive first quarter, the Suns just run away with this thing in Phoenix. And you lose Pat Connaughton. We find out, I think like four days later, that we actually get the real injury report that he got surgery and he's going to be out. And then that's a whole other deal of like, oh, how long is Pat going to be out? Is Pat going to be right for the playoffs? They just got rid of Dante. We needed this depth. This is brutal. That to me felt like, a, oh, I think the Dante trade was good process. We saw clearly later that getting a was not the right move. And this would have been the role, the time when you could have really used him in the regular season. And it, it was not a good feeling at all. So I think that injury plus, you know, getting absolutely walloped by a team that went on to be complete frauds in the playoffs. Not a good day.
2: No, it was not. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was not fun. Uh, what did they – they were on a West – yeah, they were on a West Coast road trip. They actually went uh, – where did they go? Uh, they went one in – or three and one on that road trip, which was decent. The only loss was to Phoenix there. But, yeah, you had campaign dancing in the locker room after the game. Because the, the Suns clearly, clearly really wanted to win this game, uh, which, credit to them, they, they took that revenge matchup seriously. Only, by the way, to get beaten uh, a month later uh, in Milwaukee, uh, by the way. <laughs> um, which I don't think uh, someone was out for that game. I think it was either Booker or Paul was out for that game. But, yeah, that was just, that was a deflating moment. Pat Connison. Like we'd met, we talked about so much, just such a key piece to this team. And we were facing the potential of him missing out on some playoffs on. We we're like, oh, my God, is Pat Thompson going to be back for the playoffs? How much is he going to miss? I was concerned about his shooting because it was like his his thumb on his shooting hand. And I was like, oh, my goodness, is this shot going to go away? It was a lot of panic. And like you mentioned, there was a lot of panic about the Bucks' depth. Uh, like you said, they just traded away Dante. Yeah, that was not a fun time. Not a fun time at all.
1: Honestly, the game the Bucks won against the Suns might have qualified too. No Booker and no Chris Paul. And it oh, took yeah. a 41-point fourth quarter to squeak out the win. They won the fourth quarter by nine. They won the game by ten. So they go into the fourth up one against the Suns in Milwaukee without Booker or Paul with all three of Drew, Chris, and Giannis playing. That was not an ideal game for the Bucs either. But... At least that time they won, and I don't think anyone got hurt, which is always a plus,
2: for sure. But uh, yeah, Pat, that's a that's a good one. That's a good pull. Are Thank we? You. Uh, we're we're done with lowlights.
1: We are. I have my honorable mentions. If I oh, want okay. to run through those yeah. now for lowlights. Go for it. The first one. I feel bad calling these guys out. Promising young players. December eighteenth, twenty twenty one. When we had to watch. Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Laurie Markkinen, etc. Absolutely pummel. The Javante Smart, Mamu, Jordan Wara, Boogie, George Hill, Thanasis, Pat, and Shemi Ojale Bucks. Javante Smart played 44.5 minutes, scored 4 points, shot 2 for 14. Mamu plays 42 minutes. Wara plays 41 minutes. 25 for TA. Um, it was... Just tough to watch. And we hopped on playback for the end of this for some reason.
2: I don't we remember did, why. We did it at halftime because they were just getting beat so bad. We're like, we need to talk about this.
1: I remember later regretting that decision. I was like,
2: this was not that fun. Um I mean, <laughs> it was fun to see them. See, those guys really get a shot. But yeah, they just got murdered by the Cavs. It was not fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, at least the second time the Cavs murdered the Bucks, it was because the season was over and they were resting. This one, they just like ran out of players, basically, and decided to punt a game. And I really hope we can get through the next season without so many injuries. And this was a heavy um, COVID protocols time as well. I really, you know, external signs not great on that front, but I really hope we can not have this much trouble getting through the next season. For sure. For sure.
2: Uh, Did you have any other honorable honorable mentions for the lowlights?
1: Yes, I have one more. Um, And I remembered it actually looking at a box score for a different game. DeAndre Bembry injury. This was –
2: that's tough.
1: Ended up really, I think, costing more than maybe it seemed at the time after Chris gets hurt as well. Just having that forward option would have been really nice. But yeah, I think that it was tough to see because he had barely gotten to play. He had a good relationship, it seemed like, with Bud and would have been a very useful guy to have around. Ultimately, I think ends up becoming the Ray John Tucker roster spot and Tuck wasn't able to to get much uh, shine, which makes sense coming in right at the end of the year. But I think Bembry could have been an important player at some points and really tough to see a young guy on a very good team with maybe a real role uh lose the rest of the season to injury like that. So get well soon, DeAndre Bembry.
2: Yeah, get well soon, especially the manner in which it happened. Just a just a wild closeout on a three. Yeah. Where it's like no one else is trying and he's like, man, yeah. I'm gonna go try and do this. And then he ends up lose getting lost for the season. And a lot of next season too. Uh yeah, just that's that's super unfortunate. Get well soon, DeAndre.
1: Yeah. Um That's the end of my honorable mentions for lowlights. So now we can finish up with the highlights.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'll go go and say my highlight first.
1: I wonder if they're the Uh, same.
2: Mine is February 15th, 2022.
1: I don't think so.
2: Giannis has a 50-point game against the Pacers. Oh,
1: nice. I'd forgotten Uh, about this one.
2: Yeah, it was a random regular season game in February. He had missed the last game. Uh, I think it was just like a knee soreness thing. And the Bucks end up getting just destroyed in that game. Uh, not destroyed, but they lose to Portland by 15 uh, against a team that didn't have Damian Lillard. Uh, CJ had already been traded. They got the destroyed.
1: Time. That was one of the most that, – that one could have been a low light, too. That game stunk.
2: Yeah, especially at home, too. And that's, at, that's the game after the Phoenix game where they got destroyed. Uh, but Giannis comes back, responds in a massive way, puts up 50 points, on 21 shots, <laughs> 17 of 21 from the field, 14 of 18 from the free throw line, also has 14 rebounds, four assists. Just dominant. He Giannis is incredible because he finds a way to make a mundane game in February against the Indiana Pacers a highlight of the season. That's incredible.
1: This was an awesome game because it got one section of Buck's Twitter way too excited about Buddy Healed who dropped 36 on the books on an eight for 12, three point shooting. And it got us unreasonably excited about Lindell Wigginton who played 28 minutes in this game because I think Hill was out and four for eight Pat from the field, out. three for six from deep. That's right. 12 points for Lindell in a pretty good performance, pretty solid Jordan Warren game too, man. It's funny. Some of these moments that you just do not really remember. And then you look, and it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: It's his highest scoring game of the season. Giannis or Lindell? Giannis. I'd assume Lindell.
1: I would think so as well. Yeah. As
2: well. <laughs> but Lindell. No, that was that was one. a game that stood out to me. Uh, aside, like I think his next highest was forty-seven against the Lakers back in November. So it was just uh, it was it was a fun time, and yeah, it was that
1: nice. Okay, let me pull up a date for my last one. I know the moment exactly. I just need to figure out when it actually was. It's okay. But no, I've got it. It is it is bigger than this one game too, but I think saying that the date, March 14th, Bucks at Utah, Pi Day. The Bucks win in Utah, which rarely happens. It's been like 50 years or something since it's before something jazz music was invented, it feels like. But in addition to winning in Utah, this was Brooke Lopez's return game. And he wasn't great, but he could clearly move well, and I think defensively he's pretty good. Offensively, just didn't have his touch yet, and that took a couple games for him. He was one for two his first two games before six for ten in his third game at the Timberwolves. But the fact that he came back, he looked good. The Bucks win in Utah. He actually ends up playing, I think, eight straight games before taking a day off for rest, which did not expect that one. Uh, I really thought he was going to be a lot more hit or miss early. But he comes in, plays about 15 minutes twice, and then is pretty much 20 minutes the rest of the way with only two games off, one of them being game 82 that basically no one played. But just seeing Brooke come back and look healthy, I remember, plus the win in Utah, It just felt like, all right, maybe this squad is going to be ready in time for the playoffs. And then just a couple weeks later is that epic week against Philly, against Brooklyn, both games on the road, by the way. Um, Yeah, Brooke coming back was... I remember we were so excited for like a month and a half beforehand at, at the idea of this. Like we got to see the big fella. We're missing him so much. Seeing him play again, absolutely ruled.
2: The first time they were in a drop defense, I was just like, I just, it, I know. it, it made me feel some things, you know,
1: such a funny was, coming, coming around moment after all the complaining we did about it in previous years.
2: Yeah. And just that the moments where it's like Brooks back and they actually win in Utah, those two things coming together. Yeah. That's definitely a highlight. I've, i i Forgot about that? Yeah, uh, I'm glad we're doing this. I'm I know a lot this of things is good. Forgot about.
1: And I will say, uh, if 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 you have one that we haven't said, share that with us, us. Yeah, share that. Share share the highlights and lowlights that stand out to you because it is we have to we don't have to start doing this annually because this is fun.
2: It is fun. I agree. uh Did you have any honorable mentions for your highlights?
1: I have one, and it, we kind of covered it before, but just the momentum when they w- did have Boogie and were playing him. There is a sick Wes Matthews mixtape, I think like Digital Crunch rap put together. If I'm getting that wrong, sorry to whoever did put it together. But there's a play where I think Wes dishes to boogie or vice versa in there. And it's so hype. And they just had so many fun moments. So much big momentum and ones, everything else. A lot of missed threes, but an occasional made three. But there were just some fun times in that boogie ride. So I'd say just... The general boogie momentum when he played absolutely ruled.
2: That's right. I did have one honorable mention oh, nice. for uh, for highlights, and that is you already mentioned this game. It's the last game of the regular season against the Cavs, uh, April tenth. Hmm. My sister's birthday, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, we get uh, we get Jordan Wara playing forty four minutes. We get Mamu playing forty two. Ta playing forty. Oh my God! Ta putting up twenty-seven points on fourteen shots. <laughs> he hit a three. It do you, was. Do
1: you remember when it seemed like they were going to make a comeback for a second? I thought they. Game?
2: I thought they had a chance to win.
1: They did. They had a one a percent chance, but they had a chance in the second half. They had a little momentum there.
2: They they did. What did they? Uh...
1: Didn't they make the starters come back out for Cleveland?
2: Yeah, oh. I think so at
1: least. Or maybe um, maybe they almost did. I don't remember now, but I,
2: they outscored the the Cavs. Got outscored in the fourth quarter by fourteen, in a in a game that Milwaukee lost by uh, eighteen. Oh,
1: I remember. Honestly, I think they could have hung in there, but they only had five or six guys. Six guys, I think played. Six guys. And they seven. Wait, seven, six, seven. Six, seven. Six. No, six. Yeah. Oh, Drew yeah. played eight seconds for his bonus. That was sick too. Um, but they so they had six guys who were actually gonna play. And the, clearly, Bud just instructed the team to not foul because they did not contest any drives in the entire first half. So honestly, could have been a Which led to game. the
2: Cavs putting up 46 points in the first quarter. Kevin Love went crazy yeah. in that first quarter. Um, just, yeah, that was a fun game. Like, I'm a basketball sicko, so these type of things like make me happy.
1: Kevin Love and Laurie Markinen combined to score 55 points in 36 minutes. That should never happen.
2: That, <laughs> that was crazy. Kevin Love was getting like Clay Thompson heat checks yeah. in that quarter. It was wild. And they were 40, going in.
1: 46 to 20. Yeah, the Bucs won both second half quarters.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. But just anytime TA puts up 27, it's going to be close to a highlight for me.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I figured you'd sneak TA in somewhere. That's a good time to do it.
2: Uh, I also realized we forgot a little bit of news as well. Oh, what's uh, that? Giannis first team all defense. Drew Holiday second team all defense. Oh yeah, I forgot.
1: That was a uh, like a week ago now, or almost a week ago. Not quite Something a week like ago. That. Yeah, a couple days. I I was pleasantly surprised Drew got in there. I was worried Same. he was going to get snubbed. So that was that was cool for me.
2: It was it was nice. Uh, Giannis again. Deservedly so. Oh, yeah. Uh, Drew, deservedly so. I do think the rest of the roster needs to take a look at themselves and say, hey, when we have two uh, all-defense players, literally, uh, maybe we should be a better defense because it's not in them. Yeah. You know, food for thought.
1: (laughs) It would be really nice to have a backup center who you can trust defensively. And I know I'd love Boogie back, but...
2: Hassan Whiteside.
1: No. If you can draft (laughs) someone or sign a younger guy... um, just because I I, I think Brook will play more this season. I don't think he's going to play 82 games, nor should he. I think the Bucks probably need to put him on the Igadala track of, you know, he plays like 25 minutes or less a lot of nights and doesn't doesn't go 110% every game. So it would be nice to have someone you can at least sort of rely on on the back line. Where's my guy Bismack Biambo at?
2: I was going to say, Bismack, what's he up to? Maybe he wants to get out of Phoenix.
1: Sounds like everyone does.
2: What would you think about Jay Crowder, by the way?
1: I wouldn't mind it. I I just, I feel like he would probably kill them with cold shooting at some point, but everyone does. So having another guy you can rely on defensively would be nice.
2: Switchable, too.
1: Yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's table this. I, I kind of want to do for a pod, like, what do the Bucks actually need? And whether it's specific players or archetypes or moves or whatever else, uh, I, I think that could be a fun pod. So that can be another maybe next week's off season y podcast we'll, we'll dive into that but before we get to next pod or or even the outro you probably thought i forgot but it's time for choose your fighter
2: i did think you forgot
1: i know you did you don't you don't believe in me but it's okay i forgot i i hope you've seen at least one episode cuz i picked 3 shows 3 good to watch just like put on and have on comedies i left off the office it's too divisive i don't want anyone's office takes I don't care. I enjoy it, but everyone on the internet has a terrible take about the office. So I left it off. Here are your options. Always Sunny, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
2: It's Ooh, a tough it one. It's a tough is. one. That's three hitters. It is. Have you that seen is all three? three.
1: Yes. Good. Perfect. Okay. This will be
2: good then. Always Sunny less than the other two. Though. Oh, wow. Oh, you've seen it less,
1: you mean? Yes. Or, and you're probably also ranking it less because you've seen it less, I would yes. assume. Oh, that's yeah. tough. Is that something I should watch? Oh yeah, I think. Where, it, is,
2: where can I watch that?
1: Um, Hulu, Hulu, okay. Hulu. I want to say has it, but I don't even know if I have Hulu. We'll see. I think it's somewhere else too. They're, everyone thinks moving around now, but I, I think all sunny. It's important to note if you try to start it from the beginning, the first season is the worst. The second season they introduced Danny DeVito, and he adds a whole new. It's it's honestly it's Park and Recs like I think Parks and yeah. Rec. Whole yeah. different show after after Ben and um, Chris arrived, mm-hmm. which I think also was their season two. So both of those shows, I think, really start slow, but then they pick it up big time.
2: Yeah, you had Mark Brandanowitz in the first season.
1: I like Mark, but I, there's no way he would have been good for any more episodes. No. Like, I think they got like, him out at the perfect time.
2: Yeah, and especially adding, like, Rob Lowe and uh, whatever the – Adam Scott. Adam Scott, yeah. Yeah. Just – that's – the thing is, that's tough because like all three are great. This is yeah. a good one. This is a really good one. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come up with something good for next time. This will uh, be. This
1: will be a good poll. We forgot to do the last one as a poll. We'll have to do this one.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I might lean. I might lean nine nine, but that just feels. Uh, that's like a fair take. I've, wa- I've watched Parks and Rec more. I've done that more. I I think I think
1: I think personally. In order of funniness, not which is the best show, it's for me Always Sunny, 9-9, Nine, Nine, Parks and Rec. I don't think Parks and Rec is as funny as the other two no. shows, but it is, it's very comforting. It's a very good show to put on. I think I lean Always Sunny. The highs are very high. Some extremely problematic moments from a sitcom that pushes the edges and has and started such a long time ago. But the highs are really tremendous. Like, there's some bits that come together, and you're just like, "Oh my god, this is crazy!" Uh, but nine nine, honestly, I think nine nine. I think might I might pick nine nine. is really I'm- good.
2: Yeah, nine nine is fantastic. It's just it's so funny, like just like the quick quips they have, the quick hitters, and plus like the overall plot of every episode. The cast
1: is works. really deep too. The cast
2: is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. I think I might lean nine nine oh uh, is story. really good though yeah fun story uh, when I was an undergrad uh, during like the summer I would work in like a research lab and uh, there was like conference rooms available uh, for people to like rent out so they could have like meetings to, like sign you have to sign it out. We would uh, sign out the conference room during lunch uh, like around noon and uh, everyone in our lab plus our PI would just come in, we would eat our lunch, we would hook up uh, my laptop to the massive screen and just watch Parks and Rec during lunch. Episode by episode, and it was awesome, every day. Hell yeah, we liked that. We had to stop renting out the conference room, though, because people got mad. I just,
1: I'm just i reading something that surprised me. That's why I'm distracted here. Oh, what is it? 11 minutes ago, an article went up from Christian Winfield uh, at the NY Daily News, that says the Nets are outright unwilling to give Kyrie Irving a long-term extension. Okay. Um, Durant and the Nets front office have not smoke, spoken since they were swept out of the first round, and yeah, they're they're now they they're not going to give Kyrie the long-term extension. Is he free agency eligible?
2: He has a player option.
1: Oh, him and Harden both could hit free agency if they want to. <laughs> it's gonna. I think it might be another crazy off season. I wouldn't expect the Bucks in on either of those guys. No. Do Kyrie wants to take the taxpayer MLE though? No. I mean,
2: uh, uh, come on, Ty.
1: Come on. I, listen, man. Come listen, on, man. Ty. Taxpayer MLE. Listen, I, I under,
2: I understand. <laughs>
1: okay. I mean, you know how gerrymandered we are. I don't think we're gonna get that mandate anytime <laughs> soon. Listen. Hey, I'm not happy about it, but I I would not wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't enjoy rooting for Kyrie the person.
2: But as your backup point guard?
1: Oh, I think, I think Kyrie drew Chris, Pat, Giannis, or that that's your closing lineup against a lot of teams. That's a crazy lineup. Let's not know now. Now I'm full Rohan territory. Let's not. That's not happening. That's not happening. But he may be going somewhere else. So we'll see. Where though? I've seen the Clippers sign and trade and they take back like one of their one of their non-PG Kawhi guys.
2: Like Norm Powell or Roko?
1: probably Norm, yeah.
2: Yeah, it'd have to be Norm, right? That's interesting.
1: Clippers are nuts. The Clippers would go for something like that crazy. The
2: Clippers are nuts, but in like the best way possible.
1: They're spend happy, that's for damn sure. And that yeah. trade
2: would take it up another level. Yeah, Steve Ballmer, buy the bucks, please. <laughs>
1: Almost, but he, I think he would have moved him was the issue. He would have. He yeah. would have.
2: Wouldn't have been worth uh, it. I mean, buy them now, maybe, if you want to. You can't own two. Can you not? No. Why not?
1: Because you'd clearly favor one and like, Sell oh, the Clippers. oh, yeah, we're going to trade. Imagine if Steve Ballmer buys the Bucks. It's
2: and like then, we're going to trade
1: Giannis. Yeah, yeah, Gian, Giannis for Marquis, or Marcus Morris. That'd be wild. That's why. That's why. Because of course, yeah, he's gonna own a team in LA and Milwaukee, and I'm sure he's gonna treat them equally.
2: Nah, sell sell the sell the Clippers team while it's high.
1: I mean he should sell the Clippers. The Clippers are constantly a sinking ship. So I, I don't I They're think that a would new be. A stadium, good move. Though. Yeah, I, I think. It's probably gonna be. I mean be they there are, they broke
2: ground, didn't they?
1: Yeah, no, they they did.
2: Yeah, Inglewood. In um, we're we're way off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now. it's
1: time to wrap. I'm also you know, I'm one minute late for a meeting, so sorry. Oh Nick, my god, you didn't even
2: tell me about this. I know. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep podcast network and the Blue Wire podcast network. If you did enjoy the show, make sure you are subscribed on your podcast platform. Chase leave a five star rating wherever you can. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the Substack. Uh, As Pat Connaughton said, uh, make sure you protect kids, not guns. I'm tired of people getting murdered. Hell yeah. Uh, Please do something about that and be outraged. Continue to be outraged because this is an epidemic. It is a problem. It is a public health crisis that kids are getting murdered. People are getting murdered. Pod Random, we will talk to you next time.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?